Hey, Action Alerts Plus members, it's Chris Versace here, and I'm joined by my partner in crime, Bob Lang. We're just going to have a little informal chat amongst ourselves, kind of pull you members behind the scenes so you can listen to some of the conversations that we're having about whether it's the market, whether it's about some stocks in the AAP portfolio, other ones that we're eyeing, or just, you know, from time to time, other things that we're seeing, hearing, and candidly thinking about. Bob, what's going on? Well, Chris, you know, these last uh, couple of weeks have been um, rather shaky for the bulls, uh, especially um, with the high volume and big price moves. The last couple of weeks, uh, you know, we did we did tag that 200-day moving average, which a lot of people were looking for after the Fed uh, raised interest rates. Now, mm-hmm. you know, I go back, you know, it's, 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 it's funny that I go back to many years, 20 plus years ago, at a, a, a time when the Fed was extremely aggressive in raising interest rates. 1999. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. You on the on the heels of Mr. Volker. Uh, no, no. This is Greenspan, Alan Greenspan. Ah. Uh, during the dot coms, right? I, you, I, you're, you're, you're a younger man than I thought, Bob. <laughs> well, well, I, I do. I remember, Chris, is that there were some days that the Greenspan was raising interest rates, and it, literally he wasn't targeting inflation. He was targeting asset prices because the markets mm-hmm. were. We're going out of control. I think you remember we were irrational, sick. Ir- irrational exuberance, irrational, irrational exuberance. We were at like 26 times earnings, right? I mean, <laughs> the market being at 26 times earnings right now, and 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 he was targeting the asset assets. And you know, it was like in your face, Greenspan. The markets would take off to the upside every time he raised interest rates. And he 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 was scratching his head. He said, "I don't understand what these people are doing. We're we're, we're trying to." Get them to slow down and, and the economy and trying to get them to slow down. Well, it took the third or fourth rate hike in 2000 to, to really get have these people get the message. And I, unfortunately, I think it's going to happen again here. I think people get a little excited, a little um, exuberant, maybe at mm-hmm, the last mm-hmm. rate, rate hike, thinking that, oh, you know, oh, I heard something from Powell. I heard him say there's going to be a pivot and it didn't happen. What? Well, it was I think funny, Chris, that on Friday, you know, a lot of somebody was was uh, tweeting out and said, "Oh, it was Chris Ladani from um, Real Money," and he goes, uh, uh, "Pal, good morning, everybody," and then everybody else say, "Hey, did you hear how he said good morning? That was the pivot. We're going bull." <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean look, it, it, we we both have a lot of examples where the market really tries to read if not from time to time overread into what any of the feds had fed heads have to say you know i i remember several years ago when bernanke was talking about the conditions where they would start to tighten right laying out the case and the market freaked out because tighten right they totally misheard what he was saying and i i, I think here though the the difference um between what we saw in recent weeks and powell's comments at um jackson hole is I think people lost sight of the fact that just because inflation might have peaked and it came down a couple basis points, uh, and we wrote about this with members, and I, I think this was what Powell was saying, is, look, there is a long way to go to 2%. And, and for some reason, you know, the, the herd market got it in its mind that they're going to back off, they're going to slow down. And there's no signs to say yet that we've seen a demonstrative drop on a sustained basis in inflation, getting ever so much closer to that 2% target. I mean, am I wrong? No, you're right. And uh, the, the last in, in inflation report we had, I think the PPI came in at zero, flat. Well, that's great. 
but the year-over-year number was about nine. <laughs> so, right. Let's say, for instance, PPI is flat for the next six months. It's still going to be nine percent because it's flat on a month-over-month basis. Right. And it, it doesn't mean inflation is coming down. So I think that that's that really. Um, the market is trying to jump the shark here and trying to get ahead of what the Fed may may do if there's good news coming a, around the corner. Look, I mean, inflation is going to come down. I, we all know that, but you know, trying to predict when it's going to happen, it's a fool's game. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I think the bigger issue here is that when we look at whether it's food prices, energy prices, particularly as we head into winter and everything that we're reading about in Europe or um, some other areas that the rate at which inflation is going to come down, it, it is not going to be, and we, we've written it and re, we've written this, so no, no surprise to members, um, it is not a short path. It is going to take time. And, and at the same time, you know, we're also hearing now from the flash PMI reports that these higher interest rates are kind of to slow business down. But at the same time, the dollar exploded. And, you know, soon after, soon before we, we taped this, it hit a 20 year high, which, hey, man, if I was going to Europe, fantastic, but I'm not. Um, you know, it means that it's that much more expensive for U.S. companies to do business abroad. So we have another headwind here. And, and as I think about those comments, the comments from uh, Dell, from Salesforce about slowing enterprise spending. Yeah, I really do think that when we have this mini wave of investor conferences in September, there's a little, there's a risk that people are going to take, not people, sorry, <laughs> companies are going to take their numbers down, don't you? I mean, are you, do you think I'm wrong or, or what, what do you think? No question, no question. And I think that one of the consequences of a high dollar is a lot of these companies like a Salesforce or an IBM, they, they, they have trouble shipping products overseas. And I think what, one thing that we have to understand about why is the dollar so strong? Well, if our economy is weakening, it's strong. It's because the Eurozone is even weaker than, than we are. Was that, was, was that Powell, Bob? It might have been, or it might have been somebody from the from uh, from the eurozone calling me and saying, "Stop <laughs> talking about us." Um, but you know, the the um, the euro, it's the euro is the, the problem. Chris, remember a couple? Wasn't it a couple of weeks ago that um, uh, PPI print from Germany came in at an annualized rate of sixty three percent? Yeah, it was insane. It was insane. <laughs> and, and, and well, yeah. and you you and you know too that like later this week we're going to get the next reading on the eurozone inflation, and I think the number you know as of last week it was like plus thirty six percent year over year. It's it's out of, it's out of control. Yeah, but and 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 people don't understand what is the consequence of higher inflation. It's a weaker currency, right? If, and and so um, maybe people want to say that the United States is just the the best house in a bad neighborhood. When you look at the whole globe as being the whole neighborhood, we're in. Listen, China's got their own problems as well too. They're even instituting more QE, more um, QE going on, yeah. and printing even more dollars. And 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 what kind of what kind of situation that's going to be? Who knows? But I think the reason why this dollar is so strong is just because of the weakness in the euro, and it's it's it pretty much offsets that. Until I didn't hear anything, Chris. There was a euro representative, Isabel Schnabel, came. Who was at Jackson Hole. This weekend, I didn't hear anything from her of any alarm that, that we we really have to get our butts in gear and start raising interest rates like pronto. I didn't hear any sense of urgency at all, which really is kind of troubling. And and you know, people in Europe is, are going to suffer. Look, electricity prices are going crazy out there too, right? Wow, I mean, look, it, it's a whole. They're 
so just for members listening, you know, the the inflation dynamic is is very different uh, in Europe than it is, you know, here for us because of the Russia-Ukraine war. The amount of energy and food that has been disrupted is just it's 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 taking its toll and. You know, that is part and parcel of what you're seeing in these numbers. Uh, you know, last I saw, Bob, the, the ECB was, you know, dithering 25, 50. But I, I think, you know, once they get that uh, number later this week, they'll have a much better sense as to what they're doing. So so let, let, let me just try and keep us on track here. So we, we both agree that, you know, there's some headwinds still blowing, right? I think from a technical perspective, correct me if I'm wrong, still in a bear market. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> okay, so from a portfolio perspective, we're, we're not necessarily in a rush to, you know, uh, put all that cash to work. We want to continue to be prudent investors. I, I think we've done a good job of uh, trimming profits of late, reinvesting into other areas, you know, planting seeds for, you know, the months to come. Um, is, is there anything in the portfolio, Bob, that, you know, you're, you're kind of, you know, it, it's come it's come down a little bit. So for me, it's like McCormick and Company. It's kind of come down. I'm thinking, you know, we have it a two-rated stock, but we're going into the seasonally strong time of the year for them. I, I'm getting a little warmer on this name. Is, is there anything like that in the portfolio for you? So I think a question to ask here, Chris, is, you know, what, what and the obvious question to ask is, what companies or what stocks are going to do well in a, um, uh, a, a, a high inflation environment, which we're still in and going to be in for a while, and B, in an economy that's starting to really slow down a lot and could uh, really face some major headwinds. And then three, how how companies can adjust to a higher interest rate environment for a longer period of time. That was one message that I got from Pal on Friday. And he said that um, interest rates are not only going to be elevated, but they're going to be elevated for a while. So as I said in the rundown today, Chris, any um, – thought of a Fed pivot or a dovish pivot or a, a, a rate cut coming in 2023, that was that was a they virtually uh, eliminated by Powell on Friday. So I mean if you know if I, I, I get it how people are trying to look over Bear Mountain I call it Bear Mountain, look over the <laughs> Bear Mountain and see when um when when will the Fed rate hike uh, rate hike stop and then the cuts get uh, get started because as we all know when the Fed is cutting interest rates. People like that, and people, investors, and so forth, and traders like that, and they're going to jump on that horse and start adding adding stocks again. And that's supposed to be the quote unquote green light to go. Um, I, I don't think that's that's going to happen. I think this is this is going to frustrate people. That's what bear markets do. Bear markets frustrate people in into doing the wrong thing, the wrong time. And I think we've been in this bear market for the better part of nine months now, probably since December, January. And and people are tired of it. They're they're, they're disgusted. They they're, they're tired of losing money. The S and P is down 16% for the year, 22 23% for the Nasdaq, and and we're we're gonna four months left to go. We're probably gonna print a down year in in 2022. So I th I think that all that said, um, what companies do we do we we want to pick on that we're going to do better? I think you got a company like we have SIBO in the uh, I mean this is a company that's going to do well because trading volumes continue to crack records every single month. I mean, you've you, you, you got to be tired of writing about it, Chris, because every every week, <laughs> every, every month, you're, you're writing the same No, thing. no, but I mean, but look, 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 you know? as long, I, I, I think what we saw last, see, when, when I look at the market last week and see the gyrations that it had, 
to me, that's exactly why we have SIBO because of its because of the the options products that it has. You know, particularly the the ability for investors, you know, individual investors, met club members, or professional investors to hedge their portfolios. That's the whole reason it's in there, and it is doing its job, in my opinion. That's right. And, and and getting back to McCormick, you know, I mean, I looked at it historically, Chris, over the past like five or seven years. I mean, we're, we're, we're heading into the period where this stock starts to really outperform for the rest of the year. Nobody's paying attention to it in January. Nobody's paying attention to it in May. It's between August, September, all the way through mm-hmm. the holiday period. This is and and listen, they haven't even talked about um, price increases that they I'm sure they're going to be, uh, you know, attaching onto their products. In in twenty uh, in in twenty twenty two, right? So I mean, I, I yeah, got to be the, yes. That's got to so be t- the best place for us this year. So they they've taken a couple price increases, and you know, they announced when they reported their June quarter that they were going to institute another one in um, August. So that's three price increases heading into that holiday season. It, I, I think it's great. But I also think some of the more defensive names that we've got, whether it's Verizon, American Waterworks, you're not, you're not going to cancel your sales service no matter what the price is. And yeah. you know you need water no matter what. So I, I continue to like those defensive names. Um, is, is there... I'm trying to think if there's any other big dividend payers that we have. I, I know Nucor's got a great yield, but to me, that's actually a great example of, of a third bucket that we should be talking about. Companies that are poised to benefit from, from stimulative policies, right? Whether it's infrastructure spending, uh, the inflation fighting bill, or, or something else. You know, we've got, we got Vulcan Materials, uh, United Rentals, Newcore, ChargePoint, um, and indirectly, I would say Ford Motor in there. So I, I, I think from that capturing the pivot and spending and stimulus, we're right there. Yeah, no, and, and also um, I, I think they pay, pay a dividend that's not very big, but XLE is one that we added uh, not too long ago. And of course, we've, we, we've been struggling with and they're trying to add a little bit here and there when we can. But we just went back in the green on that today, Chris. We're, we're, we're positive oh. on the for the year. Think, think, think of what we've been saying, right? You know, there, there's a lot, uh, there's been this push-pull between supply and demand. And and when we think about, you know, you touched on it earlier about Europe, you know, they're going into their winter season, you know, Putin is, you know, strangling them as best he can with natural gas. So they're having to go to other markets and that's helping prop this up. At the same time, I, I think I saw, uh, earlier today that Saudi Arabia or OPEC plus is mulling production cuts over now. So, so, you know, if, if demand slows, they're going to, they're going to reduce the supply to keep those prices stable. But here's the other thing, right? When, When you look at year over year oil prices, they're still up significantly, which means that the companies contained inside XLE are still poised to print significant year over year results for the next couple of quarters. Right, and and the two biggies in XLE, of course, are ExxonMobil and Chevron, and I think they they represent about forty percent of the XLE, um, mm-hmm. and you've got a lot of um, representation from natural gas as well too. The, the natural gas hit what ten bucks last week? It wasn't an all. Uh, yes, it was an all. It was yes, yes, it was. I mean, I remember just... I remember when they were when 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 they were pumping natural gas and talking about it a few years ago. It was two dollars. Now it's up to ten. It's crazy, <laughs> right? I mean, so, well. 
I, I think people are going to be feeling that in there. Well, you know what? We're coming to the end of the summer, so it may not be as bad here in the States. But uh, I, I'll tell you, where I live, it has been hot lately. And I'm, I'm bracing for that electric bill. Thank you, air conditioning. <laughs> well, you know what? If you get a... Uh... You know, get a Tesla wall, Chris. You know that 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 might take care of some of your problems with a Tesla wall. Yeah, uh, I think you. I, I know your members don't know this, but I know you're rubbing it in, Bob, because I think you either have or plan to get a Tesla wall. We're we're, we're yeah, we're working on. It. We had a guy over and take a look at our our uh, our house over here, and I, I had I had solar when we were in California um, before I moved, and before we sold our house, and and that was. Uh, it was it was it was a godsend. It saved us about forty percent on power. Of course, you know in California they're they're just um, power prices just through the roof anyway. So uh, yeah, it might be. But Bob, I love California because they're going to force that EV revolution. So that's all that really matters. <laughs> that's right. You know, by twenty what is it twenty thirty five. No more gas-powered cars are going to be sold, right? Yeah. So I mean, we we wrote about this in the roundup. You know, there there's some. Uh, some stage points between now and then. I mean, obviously you can't go, you know, 100%, you know, in, in one particular year. So there's staging to it. But uh, to me, what's more interesting about that is there are, I think, 12 other states that are lining up to pile on. So yeah. if that happens, if that happens, all, you know, everybody talks about this, you know, when you, oh, when the tanker starts to turn, it really whips, you know, that sort of thing. But we could very well be approaching that moment here for EVs. And that's just going to continue to drive good things uh, for Ford as as well as ChargePoint. Yeah. And, and I think um, I, I read it. I read a little deeper into that, Chris. And I think uh, there's some incentives for some of these states to, to transition into that's why there's 12 right away and there's going to be more states probably coming <laughs> coming right behind them uh, texas probably be the only one that won't do it but uh i, I suspect Ben. but uh, uh but no it's been a uh, it, it's i think that that we, we you know for our portfolio chris it, it, we're very diversified we have a lot of different names that do a lot of different things um mm -hmm. and and if you looked at our uh, total composition of the portfolio the beta is not that high which means there's not as much market risk as um, as we're, we're not taking on as much market risk, of course, with all the heavy cash and the inverse ETFs that we have, which has been really helping us, um, you know, with lowering volatility, we don't have as much beta as the market. And and in fact, if you look at look across the composition of our, of the names, you know, we've got a lot of stocks that go up and go down regardless of what the markets are doing. You know, and if the markets are trending down like they have been for the most part for the past three or four months, we've had stocks that go up when the market's getting getting pounded we've had stocks to go down when the market's going up so i, I like that i, I like that um, zigzag effect we have uh, that's why i call you mr volatility bob <laughs> <laughs> the so so as, as we look ahead you know for the week we we've got a bunch of uh final pmi data coming we've got the uh august employment report coming as well before we get out of here for the labor day weekend and anything in particular you know if you had to say this is the one thing i'm watching what would it be well aside from those important economic um reports coming out this week there are four fed governors coming out this week talking as well too new york fed president williams is tomorrow uh we get two two other hawkish um fed governors later on the week on, i think on tuesday and wednesday and there's one like on friday so i'm curious to see what these guys have to say as a follow-up to what Powell had to say on Friday and a couple other Fed governors earlier in, earlier in the week. Now, what's interesting is that I want to say on Thursday and then early Friday, 
there were two Fed governors who came out and explicitly said, you know what, I'm more inclined to go 50. In fact, that PCE number came in on Friday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I thought Raphael Bostic from Atlanta was one of them. Jim Bullard is the other one from St. Louis, and he's a voting member. We're, we're more inclined to go 50 base points. So what, what happened before Powell even spoke? That Fed funds. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I saw it. It went down from like 60% down to like 25 or 30% of a 75 basis point hike. Then Powell steps into the cockpit and starts talking about, um, you know, his thing and, and disappointing the markets. They shot right through the roof. And as as of the close today, Chris, 75% chance, three, one in, uh, a three in four chance of a 75 basis point rate hike in September. So I'll, and, I'll be listening I, to these Fed, Fed speakers this week. Right. And if, if I remember the numbers correctly, I think now the CME Fed tool is saying by the end of the year, 350 to 400 on the Fed funds rate. Where, whereas I think if we were looking a month ago, it was more like either 300 to 325 or 325 to 350, something like that. So, so again, the market has had to readjust its expectations. And as we know, when, when it has to do that, whether it's for economic growth, what the Fed's doing, or even earnings, it's never a fun time in the market. That's right. And, you know, I, what, what, so I'm looking at the September meeting too, Chris. This is important. I'll tell you why, because um, not only are we sort of out of balance here between, you know, is it could be 50 or 75. I, and, and frankly, let's, 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 let's all understand this. It won't matter if it's 50 or 75, because if it's 50 now, it'll be that that other 25 will be coming next month in the next right. meeting. But what's interesting is that in September, the, the new projections come out from the Fed, projections on the economy, Fed funds, inflation and unemployment. So they, they come out with these new projections every uh, once a quarter, every other meeting. Basically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they'll have one in September, they'll have another one in December. So I, I'm, I'm really curious to see where these where the where the dot plot is and where these where these where, where these Fed governors see inflation coming in and then economic growth. Because look, listen, the, the, the fact that they were looking at 1.4 percent uh, growth in 2022, that's a fantasy. <laughs> yeah, the math. I mean, we have we've had two quarters of negative growth. Where are they going to get that growth well, from? Bob, Bob, last Bob, half year. To to your point, the Atlanta Fed GDP last I looked is one four one six for the current quarter. But when you look at the PMI data that we've been getting, which has negative orders, how in God's name do we get there? That that that's always the question. So I don't know. But and, that, you know, and, and then there's a, I saw some some statistic, Chris, from uh, the St. Louis Fed. Some things that their data, their home based data is saying that the jobs report is going to produce 600,000 new jobs on Friday. 600,000. That's that's two times the estimate. So I, I, I have no idea. I, I mean, you can imagine how 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 heated the uh, the Fed is going to be if they see that number. We're, we're trying to slow things down, and then it, and it, it's it's we're in reverse here. Yeah, right, right. Which which brings us back to what you were saying about Greenspan when we started talking. Right. That's right. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. All right. Well, listen, we're we're going to be having these conversations on a regular basis, members. So stay tuned. Hope you enjoyed it. If you've got questions, by all means, email us. We're happy to answer questions and talk uh, all things AAP with you. Thanks for tuning in.